This podcast provides audio versions of live webinars. Please see the episode description for a link to the full presentation. Thank you for downloading the webinars podcast from Bitesize Bio, the missing manual for bioscientists. The full version of this webinar can be viewed by navigating to bitesizebio.com slash webinars and clicking on the name of the sponsor, which can be found in the list on the right-hand side of the page. Hello, this is Amanda Welch welcoming you to this Bite Size Bio web seminar, which today is sponsored by Zeiss. Since 1846, it is the mission of Zeiss to constantly improve microscopy through innovation. With a unique portfolio of reliable light, electron, ion, and x-ray microscopes, we enable scientists to tackle the global challenges of tomorrow. Highly skilled application specialists support your work and make sure you get the most out of your investment. Today's presentation is titled, The New Zeiss LSM9 Family, Adding the Multiplex Factor to Your Confocal Imaging, and is being presented by Joseph Huff from Zeiss Microscopy. Joseph received his BA in Physics from William Jewell College and his Master's of Science in Physics from Creighton University. He then worked at the Stowers Institute for Medical Research before coming to Zeiss. His strong interest in the technical aspects, along with how a company creates products to solve a problem, has guided his career. He now works as a solution manager slash application development engineer with a focus on the Zeiss flagship laser scanning microscopy systems. Now, as always, we will have a question and answer session after the presentation. So please type any questions that you have into the questions box, which appears on the right-hand side of your screen. I'll put them to Joseph at the end. The recording of the webinar will be available at bit.ly slash LSM9 webinar. That's bit.ly slash LSM9 webinar. All one word, lowercase, and the number nine. So now over to you, Joseph, for the presentation. Thank you for the introduction. My name is Joseph Huff. Uh, I work for Carl Zeiss Microscopy in the business sector of life science. Um, today, I'd like to spend the next 45 minutes or so um, during this webinar talking about the new LSM9 family with AreaScan2 that we recently launched at the beginning of April and hopefully walk you through uh, what's so exciting uh, we feel and how we can benefit your research and what our, our overall motivation uh, for, for the solution that we have brought to market. And along that line, uh, what I'm showing you is some data we got from uh, the beta test, one of the first beta tests we've done uh, with the multiplex mode uh, with AreaScan2. And what you're looking at is a starfish, starfish oocyte undergoing meiosis. And on the right right hand side, you're looking at a 3D rendering where uh, the color code is done for time uh, time projection. And what you're looking at is the chromosomal uh, diffusion. Uh, during the meiosis, during the meiosis process, and what's great, interesting about this um, for us and hopefully for for you is that this was taken um, a pretty large volume, taken at diffraction limited resolution sampling, uh, at a very high uh, volume rate. So in this case, is a, a roughly an 80 by 80 by 80 micron volume uh, sampled for uh, optimal resolution, taken every two seconds. And this is something that the customer uh, had not been able to achieve before. So this was really giving them a higher resolution, higher sensitivity at a higher frame rate with the new multiplex mode. And what you're looking at is the same data set on the left-hand side, but in this case, instead of a 3D rendering, the color code is for depth, depth projection over time, showing the chromosomal diffusion and how that interacts with the actin and tubulin networks. All right. 
another uh, again with the staying on the multiplex mode or with the multiplex mode another thing we have been able to in the first beta test achieve with customers is looking at in this case how the cilia uh, moves inside a uh, brain section so in this case we're imaging at 143 frames a second to capture uh, the cilia dynamics of a live uh, of a live cell which we'll get into more about that later but ultimately how the cilia moves directly impacts the fluid flow within the brain which was the overarching impetus of the study but with the multiplex mode we were able to give the researcher enough temporal resolution and spatial resolution and sensitivity to do the study where they hadn't been able uh, to achieve this before with other tools uh, like a resonance scanner on a point with a point scanner simply could not um, provide the data they needed for the research and what's also a, a new for um, for us and again I'm alluding to it we'll talk about more later but what's new for us is with the LSM 9 family is the integration of the LSM 900 onto our automated uh, in automated live cell imaging platform which we call the cell discover 7 so what you're looking at is a very large field of view image of an, of an zebrafish in this case uh, with a phase image overlaid with a wide field fluorescence image and what this allows you to do is maintain or get the uh, the context of the full organism at a high resolution high temper rate uh, within an automated platform so what we're looking at is at the, with the higher resolution images uh, taken with air with the airy scan to multiplex mode while maintaining the context of the uh, wide field bigger field of view images is with in the green you're looking at uh, is a GFP label for membrane and the red is a is a tag RFP labeling actin and in this case, we're looking at on the on the left hand side uh, an immature neuromast uh, section as well. On the right, we're looking at a lateral line, a primordium tip. So in this case, what you're looking at is um, the the time series is the maximum intensity projection over, I believe, almost two hours of 155 Z planes um, taken every eight minutes. So we can really start to get the high resolution, high sensitivity. Uh, images of the Aries scan 2 with the multiplex mode, but ma again maintaining context of the overall organism with the Cell Discover 7 automation platform. So to, to give a little bit more in depth about what their motivation with the with the multiplex mode is in the LSM9 family uh, with Aries scan 2, what I'd like to put this in context is hopefully if, if we've done our job, everyone in the audience is somewhat familiar with the, our initial Aries scan product on the LSM-8 family. And when we launched that product, the, the, the genesis of what we did was to deliver um, increased sensitivity, increased resolution at a higher frame rate uh, or increased speed uh, for a, on a confocal system. And that's what I'm showing you on the right. In this case, it was a, a traditional, what you're looking at is a traditional confocal image of a telomere replication study where traditional confocal does you know, with the pinholes at one air unit does not have enough resolution sensitivity to really make out the uh, telomere replication issues that uh, the, the researcher wanted to study. However, with AriScan, when you're 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 almost you're effectively doubling the resolution, spatial resolution, increasing your signal to noise uh, four to eight times, you now have the uh, not only the resolution to image the, res the replication issues, but also the increased signal to noise. 
And mind you, when you're looking at a telomere replication study like this, it's effectively looking at point emitters. So you really need to have both a high increased sensitivity and increased resolution to be able to image, um, image the underlying biology, which AERIESCAN uh, delivers. But that was 2014. So if we look at what's, you know, the, the market as it is today in 2019, a few things are, are, are going on, right? And one of those is, this is the move or the um, higher utilization of larger model systems. So what I mean by that is either 3D cell cultures, organoids, um, or the, the bigger or more the prevalence, increased prevalence of model organisms, in this case, what I showed you earlier with the zebrafish. And that's all because the, the, the physiological relevance of these model systems is you know, much desired compared to um, just working in cell cultures where it's maybe not so relevant in terms of the physiology, but it's much more, it's easily adaptable. So as the um, market moves to more 3D type or larger model systems, we need to talk about how to, how can we take what we've done with AERIESCAN and make it usable for what you're doing today. And that's what we're looking at on the left. Um, in this case, is an organoid uh, image. In this case, a maximum intensity projection over 200 microns. I believe it's a 600 by 300 by 200 uh, volume where uh, or in this case we're looking at the maximum intensity projection so if we take that data set in combination with what we've done in the eight series in this case it's a, either examples of uh, gcamp signaling on the uh, top right and a zebrafish brain on the bottom right looking at microtubule buckling in a cardiomyocyte or in, in, on the bottom left looking at just live cell, uh, culture, cultured cell, live cell imaging, uh, looking at mitochondria dynamics, in this case, the mitochondrial membrane. These are all nice pieces of, of data really highlighting, we feel, what AERIESCAN can do. However, if you take these, the data and put and scale them to one another, it really, in my mind, starts to highlight the sort of issue we have with, or what we, the issue we try to tackle with the new LSM9 family in AERIESCAN2, and that is, Obviously, we have the, the performance that you get with AERIESCAN in terms of sensitivity, resolution, and speed really need to scale up with the model system because what you're looking at on the older, on the pieces to the right of the organoid are either small Z-stacks or single-plane images at a high frame rate. But you can imagine now to try to cover the volume of an organoid with the same resolution and the same temporal rate and the same sensitivity, we need to adapt what we're doing with the AERIESCAN or what we're doing in general with our confocal, our confocal systems. So really to put a nail on it, you know, traditional confocal today, what you could get on the market, it's really how they're designed and what they're geared for is really centered around being able to image cultured cells as best you can, or maybe a little bit larger systems. And what we're saying is today's model systems go much beyond where a traditional confocal is designed, and that's what we're, the hurdle, uh, the solution we've tried to bring to market is to start to tackle uh, these larger model systems and while delivering also the Aries scan performance that we're uh, used to today. So in that sense, in that case, with the LSM family uh, with Aries scan 2, um, we have still, if, we, if you're used to the Zeiss product line, we have the, the, uh, the replacement for the LSM 880, in this case is the LSM 980, the LSM 900, and what's new for us, as I alluded to earlier, is the LSM 900 on our automated uh, live cell imaging platform, the Cell Discoverer 7. And while there's a lot of underlying um, 
additional feature and benefits of each one of these products, I really want to focus on the multiplex imaging as well as the other tools we have available with multiplex to really help us maintain context because I didn't mention this earlier, but you can imagine as you make, as you scale up your, your model systems um, beyond cultured cells, the, the ability and the importance of maintaining context of what you're looking at becomes um, paramount. So in the next next few slides, I want to get into again what multiplex imaging is with AreScan2 and what that means, as well as the other tools we have available with these new with the LSM9 family uh, to help maintain context with the larger model systems. So to really understand multiplex, what is helpful is to briefly remind ourselves if you're not used to um, AreScan as an, as an introduced in 2014, to remind us what AreScan is and how it works, because then we can lead into what exactly um, this new multiplex mode for AreScan, what that's all about. So for a traditional confocal, the easy, well, the first place to start is how a traditional confocal works. In this sense, we're taking a laser and focusing it to a diffraction limited spot, um, in this case, the focal plane, and removing that spot over a field of view to build up an image a pixel at a time, right? The fluorescence that's generated um, from this process is collected by the objective and focused back through a pinhole that sits in a conjugate plane. And then the light that makes it through the pinhole is imaged by a unitary detector, a PMT, a gas PMT, a hybrid detector, what have you. And the size of the opening of this pinhole in the, in the conjugate plane dictates the optical sectioning ability of the system. So how much of the out-of-focus slider you're gonna throw away as well as what is the achievable lateral resolution of the image. So the smaller the pinhole you make, the better resolution you can get. However, when you go much beyond the one area unit limit, um, you, sac very, you sacrifice most of your signal for uh, an increase in optical resolution. So again, you might have the ability to have a higher resolution with a smaller pinhole, but you don't have the signal noise to realize that resolution. And that's where the AreScan detector concept comes in. Because in this case, instead of, um, again, we're still focusing a laser into a field of view and moving the diffraction limited spot to build up an image, a pixel at a time, but in this case, instead of focusing the light back through a pinhole and a, then onto a unitary detector, the AreScan is a 32-channel gas PMT array that sits in the con, that sits in the confocal plane. And in this case, each one of these detector elements actually represents a 0.2 area unit pinhole. And ultimately, what that means is you're getting a 1.25 area unit collection efficiency with the optical resolution increase of a 0.2 area unit pinhole. Uh, and we have a nice uh, short little movie, hopefully that will just uh, make this a little bit more apparent. So again, as I said, you're taking a fraction limited spot that you're focusing into your sample and you're rastering that across the field of view to build up an image of pixel at a time. Traditionally, to get a higher or super resolution, you can close your pinhole down. In this case, it costs you most of your 90% of your light. But with AreScan, because each ele detector element represents a 0.2 area unit pinhole, we can maintain uh, or get the increased optical resolution, but maintaining the collection efficiency of 1.25 area units. So what happens as we scan now the diffraction limited spot across our field of view, AreScan reads out every all 32 elements at a time and, and recreates, reforms a high, a super resolution image um, while scanning, okay? And that again offers you an increase in signal noise as well as simultaneous increase in signal noise and resolution. 
As an example of this, this is a toxoplasm example looking at uh, where the microtubules are in green, plasma membrane is in red, uh, traditional confocal on the left, airy scan on the right. And you can see very easily, not only are we getting the signal noise increase, but the resolution increase is quite dramatic. So this is what you know we introduced with the LSM-8 uh, family, the 880 and the 800 in 2014. And we have carried this mode on to today into the LSM-9 family uh, as well. But as I alluded to earlier, with the multiplex mode, we really wanted to go beyond what we could achieve initially with Ariescan, because you can imagine if you're trying to create or image at a higher resolution, that means you have to sample more, which means you have smaller pixels. Ultimately, this results in having a slower acquisition. <clears throat> so is there something we can do with Ariescan and the, and the um, Ariescan approach to, again, speed up the acquisition while maintaining the higher signal noise, the higher resolution? So in this case, the multiplex mode, what we call the 2i version, if you start to look at uh, the information it, at the detector during the acquisition for, a, let's say, a normal diffraction-limited spot, you actually have enough structural information in the confocal plane that arrives on the detector to reform not one, but in this case, two pixels uh, at a time, again, while maintaining a, a super-resolution ability and a higher signal noise. So in this case, you line step your acquisition such that you get an increase in speed, a twofold increase in speed. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Listen In from Bite Size Bio. To access the visuals of this webinar, please see the episode description for a link to the full presentation. Now you can either choose to sample for super resolution in this case, or you can sample for, let's say, confocal resolution, 240 nanometer resolution or 140 nanometer resolution. In this case, what you're looking at is an example of sampling for confocal resolution, but we're, we're acquiring a much larger field than we would have typically. In this case, to give you some scale, this is 52 Z slices every 40 seconds for 40 minutes, trying to capture the cell division event. And what's nice about this is, again, it's giving you additional context beyond just the few cells that are dividing. It's also giving you the context of the neighboring cells as a metric for, um, well, really two metrics that would be important would be either photo bleaching event, how much photo bleaching is occurring, as well as if there are any other phototoxicity effects from the imaging that are observable. All right, and this is with the 2Y mode on with the multiplex. In this AriScan, the LSM 900 with AriScan 2 in the multiplex 2Y version, I told you earlier was it not only available on our traditional inverted or upright microscopes, but it's also available on the automated uh, imaging platform, in this case, what we call the Cell Discover 7. So you're getting all the benefit of a traditional confocal with, or that, that comes in the base 900, or with the Aries Scan 2 and Multiplex mode uh, with the 2Y you have access to. So to show you an example of this, there's some other, um, you should re reach out to us if you want to know more about this, because the optics for the Cell Discover 7, the way that works is you actually can create um, very powerful combinations of magnification and NA. So in this case, we're able to get a 25X with a 1.2 NA numerical aperture, so a very big field of view with a very high resolution uh, to really leverage maximum collection efficiency um, to really couple that with the Aries scan uh, really makes for powerful combinations. So in this case, you're looking at a, uh, I believe this is decapitated nematodes, looking at individual chromosomes in different meiotic uh, cells 
in this case, the, uh, the DAPI uh, is in blue. Uh, the crossover sites shown in green, synaptic, synaptical complex is in, um, in orange. In this case, the chromosome axis is in red. What you're seeing here is, again, a very high resolution image, high signal noise uh, taken on an automated system platform with uh, AreaScan 2 in the multiplex mode. So we can actually extend beyond the 2Y mode with multiplex into what we call the 4Y mode. And as you would expect, in this case, in, instead of uh, just re reconstituting two lines at a time, we're able to, with a diffraction-limited spot, we're able to get four super-resolution pixels um, reformed. So again, we're reading out all 32 elements of the detector. We have enough information to recreate four lines at a time. So you're getting a parallelization impact of four while maintaining the, the higher signal noise and the higher and the super resolution in this case. All right. And to put that in perspective from the traditional area scan mode that we talked about earlier, um, if this field of view um, from the traditional mode, we can actually achieve in the same time a much larger field, so almost four times the field. Uh, without any loss, and that's what I'm showing in the, in the zoom up, without any loss in uh, signal noise and resolution. All right, so there's no, not really any trade-off uh, with the multiplex mode compared to the traditional SR mode. And that's available, uh, the 2Y mode and the 4Y mode are both available on the 900. And then what we have available on the LSN 980 is what we call the 8Y mode. So we shape the illumin illumination beam uh, elongated along the Y axis, and that's what's shown in the video here. And that allows us to not only uh, to actually reconstitute eight pixels um, or eight lines at a time as we scan. And you can sample either for traditional confocal, so uh, diffraction limited resolution, 240 nanometer resolution, let's say, or a super resolution uh, if, you, if you desire. So you have really some flexibility uh, depending on your experimental needs. All right, and to put the multiplex mode in, in, in contrast to what we had introduced with the 880 area scan fast mode, uh, this is just a, a brief recap with some with some examples. So what, what you're looking at here is um, the customer is interested in studying how uh, protubules buckle and bear load in a contracting myocyte. And again, with the fast mode, what we're showing is in 96 frames a second, we have a much higher uh, signal noise, high temporal resolution. Uh, where a resonance scanner simply couldn't do the job to image the, con the, the uh, cardiomyocyte contraction event and really profile, what you're showing on the left, really profile how the microtubule buckles and takes on the load um, for the cell. However, if we put now what we were able to do with the, with the multiplex mode relative to the fast mode, we now have the ability to maintain the high temporal frame rate, the high spatial resolution, the high signal noise, but over a much larger field. Again, providing much more context uh, within, in this case, the single cell uh, versus where we were with the, with the 900. And more importantly, uh, with the multiplex mode, in this case, this is the 8Y mode uh, in both, both examples, you're not necessarily limited, you're not limited in this case to um, the increased parallelization, increased speed you get, you can now start to not only acquire a larger field of view, at the same temporal rate, but you can also then start to look at others, um, other uh, labeling combinations. So in this case, uh, the, the nucleus is labeled to study chromosome expression. So what does the impact of the microtubule buckling have on the chromosomal expression uh, of the cell, right? And this is something that uh, 
the customer was not able to do with any other system beyond uh, the Aries scan, in this case, the multiplex. So this is multiplex, the 8Y mode, really bringing a lot of value for the research by extending um, beyond the single color in the larger field of view. So I mentioned this earlier, but to, to recap, we have, in this case, four different modes now for the Aries scan 2. We have the traditional SR mode that I spoke about, and that's available on both the 900 and 980. We have the 2Y, which is available on the 900 mode, the 4Y, which is available on both the 900 and the 980, and then the 8Y mode, which is available on the 980. And to give you some specifics about the performance, if we look at the traditional SR mode of the Aries scan, this is unchanged from what we uh, what we knew to be new from the um, LSM 8 or 880 days. Your resolution is 120 nanometers in XY with 350 in Z. Um, and this is with a 63X 1.4 objective with a 488 nanometer excitation. But if you look at what we can, what is achievable with the 4Y, um, in this case it's 100, 140 nanometer resolution XY, 450 in Z. But the max frame rate we can achieve because of the parallelization and some uh, changes with how we handle the electronics, we can now image uh, 19 frames a second, 512 by 512. If you wanted to image for super resolution at the max you know, full field of view, that's three and a half frames a second, so much higher frame rate uh, than what we were able, almost an order of magnitude higher than what we had before with the traditional area scan. So uh, very much usable speed uh, with the multiplex mode over much larger fields, right? To again, help us start to leverage the AirScan technology for the higher um, the higher um, or larger model systems I talked about earlier. For the 980, um, again, with the 4Y mode, it's still 140 nanometer resolution in XY, 450 in Z. But in this case, the max field of view or max frame rate at 512 by 512 is 25 frames a second. If you then look to the 8Y mode, um, your max frame rate at 512 by 512 is 48 frames a second for super resolution. If you sample for a focal resolution at full field, you actually are at 10 frames a second. So high, the point here is with multiplex, it's delivering usable speed at a high resolution always with a higher signal and noise, right? And that's um, between the 2Y, the 4Y, and the 8Y mode, we feel we've, we've made a very good headway into doing that, providing the usable speed concept or idea. And if we want to put this into context, if you wanted to look outside of the multiplex Aries Scan 2 uh, solution on the market, and, and your biology requires you to have a higher SNR or have a higher signal noise, what would your option, or high resolution and a higher signal noise, what would your options be? Well, with the point scanner, your only option is really to close the pinhole down and do an iterative deconvolution, right? So what I'm showing you is an example of in this case, uh, uh, cost seven cells on the left, where Tom 20 is labeled in the green and actin is in the red. Uh, so for a 72 by 72 by 6.7 uh, volume, so a pretty modest acquisition. Um, if you use a traditional a traditional confocal with a small pinhole, where, which will force you to average in order to get a, a somewhat usable or a usable signal noise you end up with a pretty slow acquisition. So in this case, a 30-minute acquisition. So on the left, you're looking at the raw data, uh, and then on the right, you're looking at the um, uh, deconvolved image with some adaptive automatic processes and decision masks and things. So if we zoom up and look at the look at the data, what you 
then can see, um, as we'll compare back earlier, is yes, you get an increase in signal noise and resolution uh, by doing this, all right? If the 30-minute acquisition, however, wasn't uh, fast enough for whatever you wanted to achieve, you can couple this idea with a resonance scanner. So moving your, your diffraction limit of point over a field of view in a much, much faster by changing the scanners you're using. However, the, the big drawback to that beyond having to close your pinhole and losing a lot of signal that way is your pixel dwell time is much, much shorter. Therefore, you have a much, much worse signal noise. So there's not a lot of... Um, deconvolution can do with uh, very, very low signal noise, um, and you won't necessarily get back a, a usable image. But if we take the 30-minute acquisition that we that we looked at earlier and compare it to the same sample, the same laser power, same everything uh, with the multiplex mode on either the 900 and the 980, this is true. We're at a 135 micron by 135 micron by 6.7 in um, Z, that sort of acquisition for super resolution, this is using the four Y mode, is act, would require a 1.5 minute acquisition. So to put some numbers on that, that's a 20 fold faster um, acquisition over a three and a half time larger volume. But more importantly, you may say, well, I don't necessarily care how long, how quickly you can do it. I really just care about uh, the underlying biology this, or my structures maintained, uh, can I accurately represent them. And I would tell you, in this case, with multiplex mode in the area scan, we're still outperforming what you can achieve with a closed pinhole and a, and a fast adaptive deconvolution. So in this case, what you're looking on the left is with the multiplex mode in the 4Y version, able to accurately, um, and this is TOM20, we're able to make out the mitochondrial membrane, no problem, where with the traditional adapt confocal with the fast adaptive deconvolution, well, yes, you have an increased signal noise, you do not necessarily uh, accurately reconstitute the underlying biology. So not only are you slower with the, such, a, such a setup, but you're not, uh, you're not accurately representing the underlying biology. And this represents a, uh, with multiplex mode, a 70 times increase in micron cubes per second that you can acquire while retaining all the spatial information. <clears throat> that was, uh, that, those examples were taken with a 63X objective, so a 1.4 NA. Um, you can apply the multiplex mode not to just high NA um, objectives, but we can also look at acquisitions where you're going to use a lower mag, lower NA objective. So in this case, looking at a brain section, um, again, a two, and I believe this is a 20x objective, looking at a 258 micron by 258 micron by 35 micron. Again, sampled for higher resolution on a traditional confocal by closing your pinhole and doing this adaptive decon with some decision mass, that acquisition takes you roughly an hour. And when you look, zoom up to look at the underlying um, improvement, yes, again, you have uh, an increase in signal noise, and we'll talk about whether or not we have an increase in resolution uh, here in a little bit. But if I compare the, the same sample, same laser power, same everything to what we can achieve on the 980 uh, with the 8Y mode uh, sampled for super resolution, I can actually acquire 467 microns by 467 microns by 35 with multiple colors in four minutes, right? And that's showing you, and these are scaled to show that the, the field of view um, difference. And that's a 15 times faster over a 3.3 larger volume with two channels. 
And again, if I zoom up and look at the underlying structure, in this case, I can clearly make out dendritic spines with the 20x objective in this approach with AreScan, where you cannot do this with a traditional confocal and a closed pinhole um, and a slower acquisition. So uh, similar to before, this is a 50x increase in um, microns cubes per second, again, retaining all the spatial information of the underlying biology. If now you had your traditional confocal, if you, like earlier, if you wanted to try to increase the acquisition rate, you can use a resonance scanner to do so, um, even over a larger field. So in this case, a 14 minute acquisition over the same field as what we had with the multiplex, 8Y version. And again, yes, you're faster, but because your pixel dwell time is so short, as well as your, pixel, your pinhole being closed, you have no signal to noise and the image is not, not really usable. All right, and that's the point here. Multiplex is really delivering because of the parallelization approach, because of all of the spatial information you have on the detector, it's really delivering you usable speed over larger fields, over larger volumes. I talked about earlier, we have um, with the Cell Discoverer 7, you have the ability to maintain context with a wide field imaging system coupled with a mixed mode uh, with the AreScan to do your high resolution imaging while maintaining the context of an overview image uh, from a wide field set setup. We have another tool uh, available to us and that's what we call Zen Connect. And that's a software tool uh, that allows us to start bridging or putting together um, different imaging modalities into one, into one uh, workspace to really allow you to correlate the data. And this is not true just between when we say correlate, you know, traditionally you would think between a light micro microscope and an EM microscope. Zen Connect really allows you to do this with any images, light microscope to light microscope or L light microscope to EM. So in this case, I want to show you an example of how we used the multiplex mode in combination with Zen Connect um, to really take, in this case, what you're looking at is uh, some uh, lab we worked with at the beta test to take work they had done in 2016 and bring it into context with what we did with them in 2019, and then leverage Zen Connect um, to, yeah, to correlate the data from 2016, but also put into context the higher resolution, fast, um, fast time series um, from that I had shown you before with the cilia moving. So in this case, the, the overall interest was to look at how the flow networks in the brain or cilia-based flow ne networks in the brain to really understand how fluid moves in the brain relative to the cilia underlying cilia dynamics. And what the group ultimately did was generate different flow maps with different chambers in the cilia, or excuse me, in the brain ventricles, uh, to profile how the cilia move in these different chambers um, via taking a, I believe it was a stereoscope, looking at fluorescent beads, and they tracked the movement of the fluorescent beads on the cilia, because the cilia would push the fluorescent beads around as they moved. So, what we were able to do is take the, um, the, the freshly prepared tissue section uh, that the customer provided in 2019, and because the, there was enough structural anatomical detail in the flow map uh, from 2016 relative to the overview image we took in 2019, using the Zen Connect tool, we can actually start to overlay uh, the data uh, from uh, across, across, in this case, three years from their prior work to what we were doing with them at the beta test. 
And what this allowed us to do then is to take the flow maps that they had generated from a stereoscope and put them into context with the high resolution, high, um, high frame rate data that we acquired with the multiplex. So in this case, we're looking at uh, the cha in chamber seven, this was acquired at 90, 90 frames per second. And what this immediately revealed for them is, and was something they had not seen before, is that the cilia in the single chamber actually are not moving in synchron, are not moving in synchrony. They're actually moving, they're asynchronous, which was something they had not seen before. And again, could not have seen because they were using uh, a resonance scanner system uh, before, which did not provide enough spatial resolution as well as not enough uh, signal to noise. So this is something we were able to do with the multiplex mode. Going farther, looking then in a different area, um, in chamber six, 100, and this is the movie I showed you earlier, 150 frames a second. It's not just the asynchrony between cells in the chamber, but it's even within one cell, the cilia moving in an asynchronous manner was something that had not been seen before. Uh, so again, because of the improved signal noise, improved temporal frame rate, uh, the multiplex mode with Scan was really to able to reveal something they had not seen at all before. And then working with this, a different postdoc in the lab, uh, same model system, they were interested in looking at the orientation of uh, basal bodies and the basal feet and how that affects the cilia beating direction. So in this case, the the, the sample was fixed and prepared and they wanted to take a, or sorry, fixed and labeled, but they wanted to take a super resolution image over a very large volume, almost this entire flow map, which is quite large. We traditionally had been taking them about 10 hours to do such an acquisition with the multiplex mode. We were able to reduce that down to five hours because of the parallelization effects of increase of, of, of multiplex while maintaining the high high resolution, or in this case, super resolution ability. So when we start to look at the data, what they're interested in is looking at the orientation, like I said earlier, of the basal bodies, which are shown in red and the basal feet in green. The orientation of those two spots to one another in the single cell dictates the polarity as well as then dictates how the cilia beats, um, uh, which impacts the fluid flow, all right? So again, Zen Connect allowed us to not only take data from 2016 and put it in context to work done in 2019, but also allowed us to take data from across postdocs, same model system, but different projects and put them all together into one, one condensed or one combined workspace to, again, maintain context of everything that's going on uh, um, in the lab in the and for the underlying biology. All right, so to wrap this up, if we talk about the multiplex mode for Aries and the nine family in Aries scan two, again, this is available in both the 980 and the 900, as well as what's new is it, the 900 with the multiplex mode available in the automated uh, wide field live cell imaging platform. So with the LSM nine family, you can lever, leverage now automation with your confocal imaging, uh, use a mixed mode in, in this with the automation with the cell discover to combine camera and LSM workloads in a smart manner to allow you to main, maintain context uh, for your live cell imaging experiments. Um, or if you want to really harp, really need to use the maintain context, you can leverage tools like Zen Connect, as I showed you earlier, um, to do this across different imaging modalities or across projects, however you like. And with multiplex, you know, you're because it, you have always have a four to eight times signal noise improvement, you will always be more gentle 
uh, compared to traditional confocal. And now with the different modes of multiplex, you can really choose the perfect mode uh, for your experiment, whether it be the 2Y, 4Y, or 8Y. Um, and you can really start to apply this, this parallelization um, or the, uh, this parallelization effect of multiplex to allow you to acquire bigger fields of view much quicker um, to really help you scale your, your, your experiment to your sample as you move from uh, cultured cells into maybe larger model systems. So in that case, I'd be happy to, that's, that's my story, so I'd be happy to take uh, any questions. Thanks, Joseph. That was an excellent presentation. We have a few questions from the audience. If anyone else has a question, please feel free to put it in the questions box that appears on the right-hand side of your screen. Okay, so let me see for the questions. What we have is our first question is, how is 4Y different than Ariscan Fast? Yeah, sure, uh, good question. So there's, there's two things uh, that separate it. One is, probably most obvious is that you do not, uh, with the new 4Y mode with the multiplex, you do not need uh, the beam shaping capability that's present with the fast mode uh, from the 880. Um, and because of this, you now can have the 4Y mode uh, either on the 980 or on the 900, it's available. And the second, the second thing to keep in mind is the 4Y mode is applicable only for uh, when you want to acquire a super resolution image. So if you want to get the 4X parallelization, uh, but let's say realize a, a re resolution that's less than super resolution, uh, you would need the beam shaping capability on the multiplex um, that's available on the, on the 980. Okay, and then kind of um, along this line is uh... Nicole asks, can the LSM-880 Ariescan be upgraded to accommodate the Ariescan 2 multiplex mode? Uh, no, at this point, no. Um, that's, that's not something uh, that's available. Okay, and then Jane asks, are there any limitations on the wavelength that can be acquired using Ariescan? Uh, <clears throat> no, it's the general, the general wavelength range. Um, that's available on, the, on any confocal. So excitation lines anywhere from four or five to, to 640. Um, so standard visible excitation you can, I don't believe I, I talked about this in the, the webinar, but you can utilize the area scan detection modality um, in multiplex with multi-photon excitation. So you really can extend your depth penetration and still realize, still realize all the benefits of uh, the Aries scan uh, in terms of increased resolution, speed, and signal and noise. Okay, and then we have a couple of questions about comparing the 880 Aries scan to the 980, 980 okay. Aries scan 2. Um, so we have a question about what the difference is between them and then if you have any visual comparisons between the two. I, Within in the slide deck, no, I certainly don't have any uh, visual comparisons. I do have some uh, offline, and, and that's something maybe we can follow up with uh, after the after the webinar. Okay. Um, it, it, what was the other question? So, um, the what is the difference between the 880 and the 900 series? Oh, sure. Um, 
in regards to, to multiplex and area scan too, uh, that, that's it's really about the parallelization uh, that you're able to achieve 4x with the fast mode on the area scan um, and, and the eightfold on the 980 with area scan too. Uh, and then there's some additional data handling uh, improvements uh, that come along with the 980 in terms of data raw data size reduction uh, without without any loss in, in uh, data quality, which mm -hmm. also enables increased um, uh, post-processing times on the nine series. Okay, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. And then we have a question from Thomas asking about what kind of algorithm is used to have the SR images after parallel acquisition? What kind of algorithm? Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of the, I mean, if your starting point is from the eight series, again, with the AirScan, the, the math is the, um, pretty much the same. Okay. There's always, and that's explained. We had a white paper uh, about this topic um, for the fast mode. It, it goes along the same lines, and that what came out, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. And that's okay. also something we can point point people in the right direction post-webinar. Post okay, yeah, we can send follow-up email with that. Okay, and Thomas follows that up with, um, how many fluorochromes can you detect at the same time? How many fluorochromes? Yeah, it can be detected so simultaneously. It, yeah, sure. So, good question. It's still a single channel mm -hmm. um, on the acquisition. So, what you can do, what you should do, um, if you have multiple fluorophores, because your, your parallelization for a single frame um, is so high and your frame rate is so fast, you can now do line switching uh, on the excitation end um, and still hit very, uh, very high frame rates nice. for multiple, uh, multiple floor fours. And you're going to hit higher frame rates of what, even if you were detecting them simultaneously with more traditional confocal methods like a resonance scanner or Galvo. So you get all the benefits cool. of, of line switching in terms of separation, uh, ex cross to avoid crosstalk, as well as you get all the benefit of like, like we just went through the presentation, all the benefits very skin. Awesome. And now we have a question from um, Dibyendu, and they ask, um, how can you combine uh, PicoQuant lifetime imaging with Zeiss confocal? And is that possible? Sure, it, it, is, uh, it is possible. The, the short answer is we have a um, output coupling port um, on the 980, similar to the 880, where you can uh, put in the um, the appropriate detectors from PicoQuant to do the lifetime imaging. Okay, and then um, we have a question about when, from Nicole, when will the 980 be available to demo? It's available today uh, okay. to demo, depending on where you, where you sit in the world. <laughs> um, reach out to, to your Zeiss, local Zeiss team, but there there's 980s already installed uh, throughout the Throughout the globe in the different sales regions, and you should have access to be able to get the system. Excellent. Well, and well, um, and to let you all know, Zeiss will be able to follow up with anybody after the webinar that has questions along those lines. So I believe that is our last question. Yeah, the one other, if I can make a comment, oh, Amanda, sure. if you didn't, if no, if people didn't see your message in the chat window, please take a look uh, on, on our website, because a lot of the, the, the data that came across the, in terms of the temporal resolution of the recording, 
as well as the, the spatial, um, maybe to do the data justice. So take a look on our on our webpage. Yes, definitely uh, like there. It's, yeah. If you go to the chat box, um, there's a hyperlink and it'll take you right there. Okay, great. Well, that brings us to the end of the webinar. So thank you again, Joseph, for a very illuminating presentation and a great discussion. And thanks also to our sponsor, Zeiss. Right, thank and finally, you. thanks to you, the audience, for taking the time to attend and listen in. If you've enjoyed the webinar and would like to view the video recording of the session, please visit the webinars page on bitesizebio.com. It should be available within the next 24 hours. And there you can see the other webinars we have lined up for you on Bite Size Bio. So until next time, good luck in your research and goodbye from all of us at Zeiss and Bite Size Bio. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the webinar. To view the full video version of this and all of our other webinars, please visit bitesizebio.com slash webinars. Finding the right mentor can make all the difference in your research journey. But what if you don't have one? Look no further than Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast that offers curated advice from experienced researchers on lab skills, techniques, and career progression. With short, easy-to-access episodes, you can get the help you need to succeed in the lab. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Mentors at Your Benchside in your podcast app to subscribe and get help and advice from seasoned scientists.